0: This is the Fly Moto 60 show.
1: Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data.
0: On pulpmx.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mattis.
2: Yeah, welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. It's here. It's July 8th. It's 11 a.m. Pacific. And we are going to Dawick this weekend. Round five of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. The wick returns. It wasn't on the schedule last year. It is back. And that's awesome because uh, that's a cool track, man. Really cool facility. The history there. Everything about it. Rules. Uh, Absolutely love it. So today, Jason Thomas will be on to talk about that. As well as, uh, of course, uh, Clinton Fowler will be on. uh, The stats guy at 3 Laps Down on Twitter and on Instagram. Really, really good dude. Does a lot of work for Pulpum X. Looking forward to talking to him. And uh, get into a little bit more of a sort of a, the, the stat breakdown of John Dowd, Doug Henry, Southwick in general. Big weekend as well. So we got lots to talk about when it comes to the races. 702 586 7857. Give us a call. We're going to give away a Fly Racing OGO layover bag as well as a pair of the goggles of FMF Vision goggles that uh, Zach Osborne, Savachi, Bogle wear, uh, Peters, Osby, Lopes, all those guys, uh, Sheehan on the uh, FMX side. Uh, the FMF Racing is born from a desire to outperform and go faster. For nearly 50 years, FMF has been a, leading, a leader in the pursuit of perfection, precision, power, and speed. Uh, they're now expanding into Vision. They offer a full range of performance goggles and accessories. Welcome to the power of sight. At FMF Vision on Instagram to learn more about these goggles. They're made by the guys at uh, 100%, so you know that they work really well. And, again, Osborne and uh, many other riders are wearing them. So thanks to those guys. Max's Tires, SGB Max's team. A-Ray, Jeremy Smith, who should be back soon. Jordan Jarvis, Rod Bell, who had an, a nice red bud. Uh, Maxxis Tires, Light Truck Tires, UTV Tires, Dirt Bike Tires, designed by Jeremy McGrath. Mountain Bike Tires, love the um, Minion Tire on the mountain bike. So, maxis.com for more information on that. Thank you to those guys. Um they do a good job for across the pulp network, man. They do a lot of good things. So, if you're looking for a tire and you want to support the people who support the shows, maxis.com all right uh, thank you to ProTaper, of course when you look at pro taper you look at the star racing yamaha guys you look at the rockstar husky guys Chaparral honda riders of all levels though from grassroots amateurs to those teams they check out they use pro taper check out the complete product offering to local tucker power sports dealer or your favorite online retailer or protaper.com they got the Sella device they got uh, the um, uh, microbar as well so protaper.com they got chains and sprockets and bars Grips, all sorts of things over there at ProTaper. Thank you to them. Um, get, get. Athena and get are on board with the show. The get has the RPM dashboard. That's new for them. It goes on your front fender. It tells you where your RPM is uh, off the start, where you need to be. Really, really cool idea. Two stroke, four stroke ECUs as well. And their sister company, Athena, has got the big board cylinders and pistons and everything else. So if you want a deal from the folks at get and uh, Athena, just uh, email us using the contact form at pulpmex.com. And uh, we'll pass it on to Dan over there at Get and Athena, and he'll dial you in with a Pulpamex Show listener discount, right? Fly Racing, of course, uh, big big sponsor of the show as well. Brayton, Osborne, and Savachi and Bogle, and Kevin Morans, and the TPJ team, and so many other guys. FlyRacing.com. Uh, get it through Motorsport. Why don't you? Go through the banner, Motorsport banner on uh, Pulpamex Show or pulpmex.com and it helps us out. Taking your calls, holding things down over there. He's back in again. V! The- Tits, legend tits, what's up? I vote that we make Larocco's leap great again. Ah, oh, the parking lot jump. The parking lot um, jump. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, it, I don't know. It was bad. Like
3: it, it made for a select few exciting moments, but in general, yeah. I feel like it did hinder. It,
2: listen, some of the it's cool there parts to be jumped. Racing. As I said on Twitter many times, three quarters of the 450 should jump at every lap, mm-hmm. and let's go six or seven 250 guys should air it out and mm-hmm. call it a day. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? It's a cool yep. jump, but. Whatever it was, they screwed it up a little bit. You know what? That that reminds me, tits, that you brought that up. Very, very, very good point of uh, yours. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. bring that up on the show here. Okay. Um, to, to our first caller or to our first guest, which is JT. Let's get J, JT on the line if you can. So Dylan Ferandez won again, three overalls and four races for him in the 450 class, 14 point lead. He's really good at Southwick. So is Eli Telemach and so is Ken Roxton. Um, So we're going to have a battle royale at the Wick this weekend in the sand. That should be great. And the 250 class, well, Justin Cooper, Jet Lawrence starting to pull away a little bit. Hunter Lawrence, a tick off of those dudes. Uh, so that battle's coming, and J-Mart will be better. His title hopes are done. I don't care what anybody says, but J-Mart can play championship spoiler, and he is not going to help out Justin Cooper if, if, uh, if I know J-Mart. So he is just going to race his balls off and uh, – you know, maybe the last mode of the year he can move over for Justin Cooper, but until then, there's no way. J Mart's riding for a ride. That's what he says. And um, so he'll be a championship spoiler from here on out. Um, Clinton Fowler and Jason Thomas on the show. 702 586 7857. FMF vision goggles, uh, as well as, uh, well, they're not the vision goggles. They're actually the uh, Power Bomb and Power Core. And uh, OGO. Uh, fly racing OGO layover bag we're giving away to a, to a lucky caller 702-586-7857 let's get to our first guest of the show it's Jason Thomas What's up JT how are you I'm good how are you good? good we're good what is the weather for the wick
4: well it's definitely going to rain leading up to it I think uh rain today definitely rain tomorrow but I I generally think we're going to be okay on Saturday
2: mm-hmm. we're going to be all right oh he's gone JT is gone. Hello? Let's see if we can get JT back on the line. Um, We'll see if we can get him back on. Uh, So Jason Thomas coming up here. Uh, We got a a couple more open lines here, 702-586-7857. If you want to uh, give us a call, Uh, we've got a few lines open still. So let's talk, again, 450s AP. Gonna ask Jason Thomas about uh, Aaron Plessinger and where he thinks he's gonna go. Um Red Bull KTM, of course, is trying to get him, and of course, Star Yamaha as well. Um, so yeah, there's a couple teams fighting over AP as we speak. Uh that'll be interesting to see what happens to him. He pulled two whole shots at Red Butt and absolutely crushed it. So good job for AP and Ferranis. And is Eli Tomac back? I think he is. I think he's back. Um, at least I believe so, anyways. Um so we'll get into that and more on the show here. Clinton Fowler, Jason Thomas coming up here. Um 250-wise. Austin Forkner, man, he is the question mark for me. As I said, I think the, we we got a title guys. we got a J-Mart as a spoiler. RJ Hampshire will certainly be in the mix uh, when he can be because he's fast and he just won Red Bud. So he'll be good. Faulkner is a guy that I'm questioning and I'm looking at and I want to see how he can do because it's going to be interesting to see if he can get back to where he was. He hasn't raced outdoors for two years which is super tough to do, uh, and it's, it's proven to be super tough to do as far as getting back into the mix. So uh, we'll see. Uh, talk about Forkner and more. Mark is on, too. Mark, what's going on, man?
0: Hey, so I know you've been a big proponent of Forkner changing his program. Yeah. Do you think he needs a Bobby Reagan type or someone on another team to be up his ass to get going
5: instead of just the same old Mitch Payton?
2: No, I, I'm dude. I think Peyton is gnarly, right? I I I mean, he's not this, not as as much as he used to be, but he's still like when his team doesn't do well at the end of the night, he's pissed. You know what I mean? So
0: yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't I think just it's... look at Cooper Webb as right. He he got in the rut at Star, moved to KTM, and it brought him back to life. I don't know if maybe Forkner needs that as well as.
2: Now, nah, like when a, Webb went to Yamaha, it wasn't a star program. That was factory team. He was off the star program and went to the factory Yamaha team. So,
0: well, yeah, I'm am just saying as a right. like just as a reboot, you know. Yeah, I mean, listen,
2: I, I mean, I I think he should change things up. You know what I mean? When when it's not working and you're in a rut and things are going south, then I think you should change things up. Uh, I don't know about. I feel like the I feel like Peyton is still a, a, a you know a very good manager and a, and a team owner. And I feel like those bikes are good. You know, I don't know. I think it's time for the rider to look in the mirror a little bit and wonder. But, I mean, it can't hurt.
0: But I I don't see it.
2: I don't see it. He's been a Cali kid his whole life. So I don't know if that part's changing.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
2: All right. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you. All right. JT, what's up, man? Uh, So it may rain this coming week, but we don't know about Saturday.
4: Yeah, I think we're going to be okay. When you look at the track, the amount of rain that track will hold, which is, you know, quite a bit. And then it's not, to, it, you know, the storm's supposed to end early, and the race is later. So I think all those things kind of line up for uh, for a decent day.
2: Okay. All right. Well, you and Wygan will be discussing this on text. I'm sure. I,
4: but. I've already conceded, as you know, I already conceded. Uh, Wege. Cannot be beaten, and I, I don't think this weekend winds up for him to be beaten either.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, that last caller was about Forkner. We may as well start there a little bit. I'm a proponent, like, it's not working. It's a little early. He hasn't raced outdoors for two years. So maybe, you know, halfway point here he gets into the swing of things, um, and maybe things improve. But to me, I just think he's got to change everything up. I think he's got to, you know, get out of Renard's place, get find some people to ride with, Find some humidity or something. Find some tracks. I don't know, but it's not working right now and it's not really happening for him. That's what I think I would do if I was in his position. If I was advising him, I heard through the grapevine that the dad may want to move to 450s or something, uh, but he can't do that. He has enough. He doesn't have any championships. He hasn't had any results. He needs to stay down as long as he can.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I do agree that I think the change of scenery would work, right? And we're looking at it from the outside. Uh, but I think when you look at past situations like this, whether it was Bogle or some of these guys, a change has really done them good. And it does not it's not necessarily condemnation of a particular program. It's more just change for the sake of change and kind of re- hitting the reset button on a lot of things. So I would agree with you that it doesn't seem to be going that well. You know, it's been a, a little while since he was arguably the best guy in that series. And, of course, the injuries are the X factor there. Uh, but I, I don't think it would be such a bad idea. Go ride somewhere else for a while. Stay in California for a while. Move to Florida for a while. Do something different. Yeah. So when you go to the races, you're you're in a different place. Like, you have – you know, a little bit of a different approach, other than just kind of doing the same old thing.
2: Well, dude, he's the fastest guy at Renards. Probably he's out there riding. No, you know, nobody's really challenging him. Like, go push yourself, right? Go and ride against. The, go, go to the eighty-three compound or ride against the Lawrence's or, or whatever you got to do to to go push yourself to get better. Um, well, you, know, you just fall and into and a I- rut.
4: Yeah, I think you look at the situation that it that it used to be, you know Bogle was there, Bloss was there. Yep. Uh there was there was talent there to battle with. So you had that dynamic and that's gone now. You know Benny moved home, Justin moved to Florida. So there's that situation that you're looking for, which I think is really important. However you find it is, is not there. Yeah. And you constantly need someone to be better than you or at least on the same pace as you so you're pushing as hard as you possibly can. So on Saturday, it's just kind of the you know the same old process. Yeah. Like you're you're going for it the same way you were on Tuesday.
2: When when do you get if you're Peyton, When do you get really worried about Firthman? It's a little early, right now. But when do you get him all year? Well, do you get him all year?
4: Yeah, but I think he's locked in where he goes to four fifty no matter what, uh, based on his contract. Um, the contract he's on he signed when he was kind of winning everything two years ago. So. I think he's guaranteed a 450 spot as well. Uh, So I don't don't really think that anything matters. Like, of course, he wants to do well, and everybody's probably kind of uh, wondering what's going on. But contractually, I don't think he's going anywhere.
2: Wow. I mean, I I think he'll stay at Pro Circuit 250 class. If he went to 450, I mean, I, I can't see it. I can't see Cowie being like, yeah, that's a good idea.
4: A, I agree with you, but I think contractually he is guaranteed that. Yeah, that sure, a, but I mean, yeah.
2: what, what does that matter? What does that mean, right? As far as you know, when you look at the rider and everybody talking to each other and being like, "Hey, man, let's push your 450 deal to 2023 or whatever." Right. So yeah. yeah,
4: of course, and, and I think that's the smart move. Keep him down because if he's healthy and he's right, he's the best rider they have. So you don't want to do anything about that. You just want to fix the problem. So I'm sure. You know, Mitch Payton has had many conversations because you know he has a lot of money tied up in him over the years of of investment, and he sees future race wins and titles for him. So, I I would I would understand if um, you know he had been healthy the whole time and just not performing. But I think really the underlying thing is he's got to stay healthy for an extended period of time, go through this entire off season healthy. And then I think if he does that, I think he'll come into Supercross next year as the same guy, the guy yeah. that's going to re- battle for every race win. But you can't continue to take time off and miss races and miss time over and over and over without some sort of re- yeah. residual negative effect.
2: Because Anderson's going there. You know, uh, depending on who you talk to, it's a one or two year deal. I believe it's two. And, you know, Adam's there. And so now they're going to put a kid on the 450. Sure, it says his contract is, but all the people around him need to be smarter and be like, "Hey, man, we'll just extend that." Just you need to well get race wins I mean, and Jason championships. Anderson,
4: Jason Anderson's a better rider than Austin Forkner, so that that's a no brainer, right? So if you're if you are whoever's pulling the strings there, yeah, you you should make it work. Keep Forkner down; he's your best chance to win races and titles, in my opinion, on a 250. You know, McAdoo was great this year, but. I think that Austin Forkner, when he's healthy, is a better rider than Cameron McAdoo. And that's not a slight at McAdoo, right? He's he's one of the highest-paid 250 riders for a reason. He he uh-huh. should have at least one 250 Supercross title to his credit, in my opinion. So he just needs to get back to where he was.
2: Uh, schmode has been better every single time out than Forkner. Every single time. And that's uh, that's a little unheard of, for sure.
4: Yeah, and but. you, you kind of wonder, because it, it, it seemed like Forkner had plenty of time to get ready. Yeah. So if I was the one writing checks or responsible for resources, I would be asking some pretty hard questions here. You know, we gave you the time. Yeah. Because if you go back and you think about it, he was talking about coming back like in a week or two after the injury. Right? When we're leaving Houston. He's like, ah, maybe I'll be back. You know, and we're like, yeah. oh, okay. Right. And then you flash forward five months and he's really not that ready. So I, I don't know. There's got to be more to the story than we're getting.
2: Uh, Going to be a great 450 battle this weekend. Tomac is really fantastic at Southwick, and I believe Tomac's back. Uh, I'm not saying a, a cha- national championship guy, but he's now back to you know being a podium guy every single moto uh, in my eyes. And Kenny's really good at Southwick, and Ferandez is really good at Southwick in the 250 class. So this sh- is shaping up this weekend to be a battle royale.
4: Yeah, I like the, the, you know, this series has been one of the best we've had in a long time. You know, this is a great track for Tomac. He's historically been awesome here, and I think we should expect the same, but I don't know, unless he's just in that otherworldly zone that we find him in, you know, I don't know if if he just rides well. Is that good enough to beat Ferrandis Right now, I don't know. It's going to be a great battle. If Kenny's feeling it, you know, he's one of the best sand riders on earth when everything's clicking. So, yeah, I I think you take those three, and then you put in Plessinger, who's been on fire, you know, sitting third in points kind of quietly. But had a really strong season, uh, man. There's there are just a lot of guys to you know make storylines around, and we, when we don't even have some of the guys like Webb and Muscana, some of these guys aren't even really in the picture yet.
2: Yeah. What What do you do if you're AP for next year? What would you do? Let's say the money's equal. What do you What do you want to do?
4: You know, it's it's really hard because it, it seems like he enjoys being on that team. You know, they they seem to be having fun more than anything, and and he. He's such his own person, right? He has such a unique personality, and I think it, it's working there. But I think, and this is purely my opinion, but if you want to be or have the best chance at being the 450 Supercross champion next year, I think you go to Red Bull KTM. If you just want to stay happy, get good results, and keep on keeping on and, and keep improving, then stay where you're at. You know, the, So there's two different things there because I, I do believe – that the, the KTM is geared more towards Supercross right now. I think they've built that bike around Supercross a little bit. But I think what AP is doing in outdoors is, is hard to deny, right? They've taken such a huge step forward with that motorcycle on the team this year. Who's to say that they can't keep improving and be on that level next year? Um, you know, we don't know all the things that changed on the bike, but you look at the results. It's impossible to not say that they've come a long way. Look at everybody on that bike this year was was much, much better than last year.
2: Right. Um yeah, no, you're yeah, absolutely right. Let's get some phone calls here. Uh first up, uh let's go to Sean on one. Sean, what's going on? You want to talk about Dylan Ferrandis?
0: Yeah, hey, what's up guys? Hey JT. So uh, uh all right, so uh JT's on the keto diet and you're a Tomahawk guy, but Ferrandis is a vegetarian, I believe, or on a uh, plant ma- plant-based diet. Oh, is he? I didn't, I, I
2: didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Okay. Uh,
0: well, him and his wife talk about it or they post about it, so okay. I don't know if it's true or not uh, and how much he's on it, but how many other riders are out there doing something like that? Because obviously diet is big, but uh, you know, the the whole vegan thing has been um, growing a lot in like uh, bicycling and other sports. So um, what's your guys' take on that?
2: I don't know anybody in the sport. And that is vegan or, or, you know, plant-based diet. JT, do you know anybody?
4: Uh, On that side, no. There are a lot of people that are keto throughout the week, uh, quite a bit, and definitely during the off-season. There are a lot of upsides to it as far as weight management and things like that. Um, A lot of riders don't do any dairy at all. That's a a big one. Um, But then a lot of the guys that do keto during the week, they also will cycle in uh, some carbs for the weekend, and then they'll kind of bounce right back into keto by Monday. So there are some very specific diets going around out there, but I don't know of anyone uh, racing that's doing the plant-based. I'm sure there are. I just don't know of any. Yeah. Off-hand.
2: I know, you know, obviously years ago, Stanton went that way in the 90, in late 90, or, or mid 90s or mid-90s, and, dude, he wasted away to, like, nothing. He, he, was really, he really was. really
4: blames that yeah. to, as far as the demise of his career. Yeah. Which, which is right or wrong. That's for him to decide, but yeah. he, he's placed a lot of blame there.
2: Yeah. So I know that. Stanton was all, you know, did that himself, but. Uh, yeah, other than that, I don't know, man. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'll ask Dylan if I get a chance.
0: Yeah, no, that, that'd be cool to know because I, I know that it's been a big thing, you know, um, growing. So and But right. I, I'm against it, so I'm more of a tomahawk guy myself.
2: Too. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Sean.
4: You know, right. I, I think just, just to add to that point, I think people have to find what works for them. You know, because I think if you just take, like, this is the end-all, be-all, and this is what works – yeah, that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. You know, everybody's bodies are a little different, the way you train, the way you eat. All that stuff is very, very dependent when you go from person to person. So I think you have to try different things and find what works for you um, instead of just trying to blanket someone with a program. I don't, I don't, I think that's a recipe for disaster if you don't really customize it.
2: I don't think your keto is working for you, but that's just me.
4: Well, I don't think it's working for you. Okay, You're the only one that's upset with my keto.
2: Uh, no, no, no. Many people are. Many people are. Oh, okay. Yeah, Got lots, it. lots of
4: whispers. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, no,
2: no. Let's go to Brian. Brian, what's up, man?
3: Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. What's your what's oh. question? Good. I'm calling. How about the name Caleb Russell? What is going on?
2: Yeah, it's not good. I mean, look, he had a huge crash at Paula, right? So uh, he hasn't been back on the bike. High Point was okay. First race, first national outside of the muddy Unadilla, right? Uh, I was fine with high point, JT. I had him in fantasy, so I watched him charge up in the second moto. Um, I thought high point was a good starting point, but then dude Redbud went off the rails.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't expect more. You know, the injury clearly set him back. You know, that's pretty obvious. I'll be interested to see how he does this weekend in the sand. Um, But, yeah, I don't think there's any way to – to get around saying we all expected more and it, maybe it's not fair you know he, we got this glimpse at Unadilla in the mud where he's running around in the top 5 and maybe that wasn't realistic and maybe our expectations were set too high based off that one performance
2: yeah i think he should have been in uh in 450s myself but that that's just me i told him that uh brian got to get that podium yeah, uh, yeah. What do you think
5: KTM <laughs> thinks at this point? No, nah, they don't. They don't. They're fine, in. dude.
2: They're fine. It's it's. Uh, they it's, know
4: this is a project.
5: Yeah,
2: man. exactly. He he rewarded them with so many wins and championships on off road side, and you know what I mean. I don't think they mind. There's there's no. I doubt Decoster even talks to him.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I, to me, this was a this was a. We appreciate everything you've ever done for us, and yeah. hey, this is your chance. Go have fun.
2: Yeah, go have fun. Exactly. So, uh, Brian, do you want to like uh, a
4: one year? Yeah, I think it's just, deal I think older. it's a
2: one year deal. Yep, I do. Um, Brian, you want FMF goggles or a fly racing OGO layover bag? Could I have that layover bag? You can have the layover bag, sure. Yeah, thanks for the question. That would
5: be awesome. All right, stay I appreciate on- it,
2: guys. No problem. Stay on hold. Thanks for listening. Uh fly racing layover bag from the folks at OGO. Uh Scott's on two. Scott, what's up, man?
5: Hey, I just question about uh like these riders in your health insurance deals, like someone like Phil. Versus, you know, obviously a factory guy it's probably part of their contract or whatever. But what's someone like Phil or Alex Ray or something doing for health insurance?
2: Uh, you can buy it. It's uh, it's I don't think the the factory guys they're not covered by um by their contract. Oh, really? Yeah, they have to buy it. Um, JT, what do we got a lot of guys do? I mean, I know you know a Ray and Phil buy it, like you know. So
5: yeah, well, I just broke my wrist again and had to have surgery. It was thirty three grand. And I'm uninsured. I'm a retired restaurant oh. worker. and uh, uh, So it's like, Damn. that made me think, like, geez, these guys are getting... Well, you've
2: seen all the GoFundMes, right? So there's clearly there's a lot of riders who don't have insurance because um, we've seen enough GoFundMe over the years. Uh, but, yeah, uh, JT, what did, what did you do?
4: Uh, I just bought health insurance. The, the really dicey thing is if your insurance company knows exactly what you're doing for a living, it gets uh, really you know. difficult. But for, like, a factory guy... <laughs> They go in, they're really transparent and it's very, very expensive. But that's what they do.
3: Yeah.
4: And they just they pay for it. It's a write off for them and they they are they go to the letter of the law as far as what they're yep. being insured for and they just pay for it.
2: And and, and the uh, career ending stuff, guys some guys do the career ending stuff, you know, uh it's, that's thirty, forty grand.
4: Yep. Just yeah, quit Westin, it. done. You know, yeah. Weston is Weston got his, you know, deservedly uh i think it was around thirty thousand a year he paid yeah yeah
2: so think about really the the insurance is probably god knows you know a couple grand a month and then you pay 30 30k uh one time to career end your shelf every year so you you know before you even get on a dirt bike you are sixty thousand dollars down in insurance you know
5: that's an investment right
2: yeah no that's what you have to do that's exactly you're so
5: uh, thanks for the call. How about man? show number 500? Let's talk about show number 500. Oh, uh, yeah. I, tw- I-, I tweeted, but I'm old. I don't know how to tweet, but I thought I tweeted Reed Carmichael Stewart in studio, show number uh, 500. Ah,
2: shouldn't be a problem, huh, JT, to get that line up for 500?
4: I, I think we go Tony Alessi, Steve Cox, <laughs> uh... Mike Grundahl. Mike Grundahl. <laughs> boom. Yeah. boom. <laughs>
2: Let's maybe, do it. maybe Keith McCarty. There we go. Perfect.
5: Hey, uh, I really appreciate what you guys do, Steve. As a fan, all of I speak for everybody listening, man. We okay. hate it when we're caught up and there's nothing new to listen to. You guys are awesome.
2: Well, thanks, Scott. I appreciate it, man. Thank you.
5: I appreciate you. All right. Bye.
4: Thanks,
2: man. Oh, what a nice call.
4: I don't ever Gypsy get... tail. We'll bring in Jace McElpeen.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gypsies. Uh, Cody, what's up, man?
4: Uh,
0: it's not going well with fantasy. So, oh, wow. Join three the club. Years Yeah, join the club. <laughs> yeah. So 3 years ago I got like 20th place overall for the whole year. So ever every uh every season since then I've done Industry Idiots and all that and you guys have taken all my money. <laughs> and so I don't know what the hell's going on, but anyway, a more more specific question for you Steve, uh are there more more people playing now or um yeah, like what like versus, you know, 3 4 years ago. Uh, yeah,
2: oh yeah, no, definitely there is definitely more people playing now, you know. Uh I don't think a lot more, but yeah, we've we've grown in entries every single year, right? Um so uh yeah, more people playing
0: Okay. Uh, How I, many I, people are are playing regularly?
2: I honestly don't know. I'd have to ask okay. one, one Travis Marks. I have no idea cuz we have a, you can pay for you can play for free and then you can pay pay to play, right? So uh two different right. leagues and stuff. So I, I I couldn't tell you. There's a lot though. I mean, I got 7,000th place this past weekend. So Jesus Christ. I mean, there's at least that many.
4: So Yeah, thanks Phil. Uh
2: yeah, thanks think, uh, thanks I Phil, think... thanks Moseman. Thanks, yep.
4: Yep. I think the awesome the awesome part of fantasy is that it's kind of moved into like pop culture for moto, you know, like you see Justin Cooper posting about, you know, the first to the finish line and stuff like that. Like it's become part of the vernacular for people that don't even play just because everybody's so worked up about it and results and all that stuff. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I, I agree. Yeah. So one other question about it, when you guys are looking at, uh, practice times, are you looking at one specific session when comparing people or combined or, um, yeah. What From, do you think, like, as far as track well, evolution and all that?
2: 2021 for me has been absolutely garbage for Pulp Max Fantasy, <laughs> but I haven't changed my formula much. I do look at second fastest times. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. see if there's some guy that qualified 12th and I, he's a three digit dude. I want to see what his second best time is. Is he legit? You know, did, did he, did he, what did he do? You know, and, mm-hmm. and so that kind of stuff. I look at that. Um, other than that, I don't know, JT, what do, you, what do you look at for qualifying times for these dudes?
4: Yeah, I think uh, that's really important is to look for the second best time. And I, I like to look at the second practice, too. You know, typically the first practice where mm-hmm. everybody sets their time. I'll look mm-hmm. at the second one because I think that's much more indicative of race pace and just right. see if they're any, anywhere close, right? If They they don't have to be as fast or anything like that, but as long as they stack up in the same area, like if they were – 10th in the first practice, you're like, man, I don't think that guy's 10th place. Well, if he's mm-hmm. 18th overall in the second one, then that's pretty good backup, right? But if he's 30th in the second one, you're like, ah, it's probably just kind of a black swan, one-off, like I'm going to stay away. Yeah. Um, but you just try to get as much evidence as you can to try to back up whatever your thesis is.
2: And the factory guys sometimes will, won't will be able to put in a lap outdoors. they just lappers or, you know what I mean, they pull the mechanics right. area, bad timing for the checkers. So, generally speaking like i don't take a factory guy's time as gospel you know i'll be like hey this this dude is better than this and he just couldn't get a time
0: well so are are there any ever any situations you think where somebody lays down a fast time in the first one and then the track gets a little bit slower and they say okay let's just go out and test this session i don't want to push it and risk getting hurt and then their second session time is way slower than how fast they actually are do you think that happens much?
2: I don't know about that part, but I do think they couldn't get a time in the first session, and then the second session, the track's mm-hmm. rougher, right? So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, those are a few right. tracks. JT, what tracks come to mind that are faster in the second session? It happens. I'm trying to think yeah, of something. Yeah, you know
4: what? You know They've been really good about it this year. The times where it usually happened were the years that we've kind of been complaining about where they make it really muddy. The, the mm-hmm. first practice, yeah. like at high point, and some of these rounds would be so muddy in the first practice that you were just like, screw this. I can't, I can't even jump the jumps in this one. I'm not going to do anything stupid. So then that second practice would really be your your chance this year where they've made the track so much better in practice. You really have to lay it down in that first one, because the track's going to be too rough and too ruddy to really match it. And and it doesn't have to be a five second difference, but if it's one second, it's hard to make that one second up. The track is just rougher and Mm -hmm. you can't push as hard into the corners and your exit speed's not as good. Uh, and and you really look at it like I remember when I was racing, you know, you get five minutes of free practice where they it doesn't count. And that first practice if the track's good, you get ten minutes, and that's it. And if you don't make it happen in those ten minutes, like you're in bad shape because the second four practice laps. the track's four laps. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The track's too rough in the second one, and then you're you know I was lcq bound a couple times just because I blew it. I screwed up a couple times. I didn't get a lap in, and I was plenty fast enough. I just I didn't execute. You know, I didn't get it right.
2: Bottom line, Cody, yeah. Pulp Max fantasy sucks. That's bottom line. Oh,
4: yeah. Definitely. I had
0: blame marks.
2: Blame marks. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, man.
4: All right. Thank you. you. Remember, Steve, you remember uh, a good example of that is Southwick with Andrew Short. His, his yeah. he had bike problems yeah. in the first practice, and then he went out in the second one, and the track's just too damn rough. You yep. can't go fast enough yeah. on a track. And that's a factory guy, right? It just... He didn't make it, right? He went it. home. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. He, he didn't make it, yeah. God. His track is too damn rough. Yeah.
2: Uh, Justin, what's up, man?
4: Hey, guys. I just wanted to
0: see if you have the same take that I do watching Ferrandis ride this year. Uh, is this guy just not, like, and, and this is no knock for him, but doesn't it seem like watching him on TV? Because I've never been to one of the races at all this year, but he is so on edge all the time he's so rj like rc like it's just balls out wide open which i love to see it but i'm just afraid for the guy he's just going to end up with Mm. a really bad wreck
2: i don't i mean i don't see that i don't he does hang it out for sure but i don't know jt what do you
5: think he's never really been a crasher yeah
0: never yeah and i I that that's and I agree with you, JT. Like I, I, kept trying to. I was arguing with a buddy of mine, and I'm like, "This guy's always kept it on two wheels, dude." But if you watch him, he's just pushing the envelope everywhere. And kudos to him; he's yeah. able to, you know, gather it back
4: underneath him. Yep. I think it's just, you know, I think a lot of it is perception, right? Because I think if you asked him, he'd be like, "Yeah, this is what I always do," you know. Um, and if you, but if, I think if you watch other guys, like Kevin Wyndham, was a great example. If you ask Kevin Windham, he's like, man, I'm, I'm doing everything I possibly can out there. Like, I'm trying so hard. But it looks like he's just out for a Sunday cruise, you know? So I, I think it's just how their riding style is and how it comes across. Uh, because I, I don't believe that Fernandez would tell you he feels out of control at all.
2: Yeah, he does ride hard, you know? He, he's in shape. He charges hard all moto. Um, you know, he's an aggressive rider. But I think there's a difference between aggressiveness and... You know, loose or, or whatever. RC also rode pretty gnarly and that dude never crashed. I mean, he.
4: Well, yeah, runs, look, but, at, yeah. look at yeah. like Hampshire, right? Right. Hampshire's yeah. kind of doing the same thing, but he crashes a lot. Yep. So there's there's a fine line there.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, good call. Um, thanks for the Justin. Thanks for the call. Do you want a, a pair of FMF goggles?
4: Oh, hell yeah. right on, man. Hell yeah. All right. Well, stay, thanks, guys.
2: Thanks. Well, stay on hold. We'll get you the information. Uh, FMF guys, Maxis on board the podcast, get an Athena. And uh, thanks to the folks at uh, uh, Pro Taper as well. So um, yeah, good good times. Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. Couple more questions for JT, and then we'll get the Clinton Fowler here. Uh, Wayne, yeah, Wayne, what's up, Wayne? Wayne, What's up, Wayne? Wayne, turn the. Wayne. Hey, hey turn the, uh, Steve, how you doing, buddy?
4: Good. How are you? Uh, so, good. How are you? Good. Um, you
2: Roger alluded the other day that AP
5: was signed. And uh, it just kind of seems – I mean, at least that's the way I heard it. You, you talked to him. Did you get the same feeling?
2: Yeah, he said we're wrapping, yeah, it, said up, right? we're wrapping it up. Oh, right? Yeah, he said we're wrapping we got, it up. We got some feedback. Yeah, wrapping it up. We got some me, feedback. I got to hang up on it. Uh, I got feedback there. Uh, yeah, uh, DeCoster told me on the podcast that was done last week, JT, that we're wrapping it up with AP. So.
4: Well, I think I think he signed a letter of intent right. if I'm reading between the lines here. Uh, so yeah, that's, that'll be interesting to see if there's a way, you know, if he does want to stay, is there a way out of the LOI or how does that go? But that, that's kind of the message I got was he signed a letter of intent. Yep.
2: Yep. Um, all right, let's go to the last caller for Jason Thomas here. It is, uh, Tyler. What's up, Tyler?
4: Hey man, going back to Fortner,
6: I know y'all touched on
1: a while ago, but, uh, do y'all think that maybe he could have like a Sexton type contract where he'll come out and race supercross next year on the 250 and then move up to the 450 for outdoors and they'll have three riders with Anderson, AC, and Fortner
4: on the 450? What do you think, JT? I think they keep him down. I think if they just go the traditional route, you know, I think his best chance to win titles and championships and what he was hired for is to win in the 250 class. And once he accomplishes that, then move him up. You know, he's not old. He has time. So be patient and let this thing play out. And not to mention, they're not desperate for uh, a 450 guy that just got a a previous 450 Supercross champion to fill in for the departing So I think everybody's in a good position. You know, Mitch needs elite talent, which Forkner is. So, yeah, keep everybody where they're at. You you just have to get Forkner to agree to that, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah, God, I would hope they would, you know, but...
4: Yeah, but I, yeah,
1: I, I don't think J Mart next year. A healthy J Mart versus Forkner, I just don't see him winning it. And maybe it's best to get out of there when he's still got some word to his name.
2: Do you think you say a healthy J Mart meaning outdoors or indoors?
1: Both, really. Uh, but no, I, I think Forkner's got a better chance indoors than outdoors. Forkner
2: can beat J Mart straight up indoors. yeah I, I, with I, I yeah. believe. I believe that. Yep. So. And, and
4: honestly, outdoors, like it, outdoors, if no. goes and Forkner goes and wins Supercross races that's that's good like, they'll, they'll, they will take that yeah if you're out there winning supercross races they will take that but you believe
2: jt like i do forkner's a better supercross guy than than uh jmart healthy both healthy yeah. yeah
4: yeah i think uh i mean let's be let's face it the year he tore his knee up in nashville he was the best guy in that series by a lot yep uh i mean he should be a champion from that series you know it's his own fault he got caught up in the lap time wars but I mean, yeah, he's, a, he's an elite-level Supercross guy when everything's right. Right. Thanks for the call, he was, man. He, he was, last thing, he was the only guy that could really keep Ferrandez honest in Supercross, if, he, if you really think about it. I mean,
2: he started slow, but then he came on, yeah. Yeah. yeah
4: you, you remember Ferrandez kind of kept moving him out of the way quite often, but they were really going at it that year.
2: Right. Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. Uh, all right, man, so are you going this weekend? I am. Wow. Class Check you
4: out flying tomorrow i'll oh, be updating you on yeah, twitter please
2: do good god you think I will. you think no nobody problem. had ever flown across the atlantic ocean before you got on twitter hey i
4: you know what i just like to engage with people um i like the back and forth and there were there were worried people they wanted to know if i'd made it home <laughs> safely
2: okay fantastic good to hear uh, we'll see you this weekend at the wick man thank you all right Fly Racing and flyracing.com. Go to your local dealer or your favorite e-tailer like motorsport guys. Ask for Fly Racing. Formula Helmet's amazing. Uh, and, uh, and, man, the, the whole 2021 line is really, really good. So 702-586-7857 here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Let's bring a new guest on. Uh, he's done a lot of work for MX, uh over the year, last couple of years. If you follow him on Twitter or Instagram, it's a fantastic follow, at three laps down. Uh, it's Clinton Fowler. What's up, Clinton? How are you, man?
3: I'm doing well, Steve. Great to
2: chat. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh you you are a West Coast guy right now, but you're you're a wick local, bro.
3: I am. Born and raised in yeah. New England.
2: Um so when do you when we, when do you remember going to your first Southwick?
3: Oh, jeez. Uh I must have been like 6 or 7 years old, 5 or 6 years old. Yeah. I had I had a JR50 painted green to, to <laughs> mimic a Kawasaki
2: yeah oh nice nice um I love this race it's so cool um it's not a great viewing race it's hard to watch it from all the places but I love going into a town and there's a motocross track there and there's a legion there and it's a sand track and the locals love moto it's just a it's a cool it's not the best national as far as the track it's not the best national as far as the facilities blah 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 but it's a cool place yeah
3: agreed there's uh I think some of it's the fan base. Yeah. Right? You know, general sports. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you go from the Bruins, and the Celtics, and the Patriots, and the East Coast, and whether it's, you know, Yankees or Mets or whatever, they're yeah. fine. But, yeah, anyhow, difference difference on the West uh, West Coast versus the East Coast.
2: Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, I could, I could totally see what you mean. Um, hey, so thanks for all the stuff you've been doing on Pulp. Doing a great job. Uh, you and I share our love of stats. We don't, Sharon, we don't keep enough stats in our sport now. We don't do enough in our sport now, and it's really sad. It's brutal. Uh, but you're you're working on it, man. You're trying.
3: I'm trying. I'm doing everything I can to collect them all. But, yeah, it's, it's not been made easy. I'll say it that way.
2: Yeah, yeah, really, right? It's like I just love looking at stats and numbers and all that kind of stuff, you know? And uh, we don't do a good enough job, but we're, we're, we're trying. Uh, really cool article on pulpmex.com this week. Dowdy, Henry, uh, Southwick legends. You broke them down. John Dow 25 career Southwicks. <laughs> He's raced. <laughs> Good God. Um, uh, Henry's got the wins over him. John's got the total races, obviously, and the podiums. But and, and you asked some legends from the area, and you asked me as well. And, I mean, th- no one really wants to say. They're, they're, they're just dead even, huh, Clinton?
3: It, it really is. Like... Well, first things first, the twenty-five races. Like, put that in perspective. We've been doing outdoor nationals, I think, for forty-eight or forty-nine years. Yeah. There, there's been a Southwick National for four. This will this will be the 40th year having a Southwick National. Oh. He's, he's raced 25 of the 40 Southwick Nationals. Like, it's just insane <laughs> that that number is. Yeah.
2: And, and dude, uh, he could line up right now. Obviously, he's on the men right now from a bad crash, but he could line up now and make the 40 man field for sure.
3: It's it's crazy, um, yeah. And, and your point about talking to a couple of the New England legends, um, it was fascinating how quickly both uh, Ricky Z, over a factory connection, and KJ, who's obviously a, a legend itself, looking and of himself, um, both those guys responded immediately. Like, dude, don't make me make this choice. Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Look, Henry Henry trounced them there on the factory Honda, but and that's a great ride. But that bike was so good, right? That helped him out a little bit. I look at it like I told you Dowd because Dowd, for one, made the podium when he was 47 years old. Two, he beat Carmichael straight up in 98 when Ricky was, you know, one of the the best riders in the world on 125s. Dowdy beat him. Um, Yeah, and then Dowd won a 250 national there as well, Uh, you know, beating everybody else on, on two different brands. So I'm going Dowdy, Clinton. But, hey, I get it.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, it, at the end of the day, I think most people start to decide on the Dowd um, end of the end of the spectrum. But I mean, they're so close. The reality is, um, you know, you're you're splitting hairs when you get down to right, it. But right. the wins, I mean, Henry has got three wins, and Dowd's got two moto wins. Henry's got six, and Dowd's got five. So like, it's you know not not a particularly huge difference on the wins which you yep. know those are the ones that really matter but man think about how many people have straight up beat ricky carmichael in a moto yep
2: uh, uh yeah exactly and and we're we're coming out with something with rc coming up stay tuned
3: but uh i, I won't give those numbers steve but yes. like i mean he's one of very few people that you know dad's one of very few people that have beaten carmichael straight up and i think that that, for me, was the one that put it over.
2: I agree. I agree. That's exactly it, right? Ricky at Southwick, beating Ricky, per, re, beating Ricky at any race is gnarly, beating Ricky at Southwick is gnarly, and Dow did it twice. Because, yes, Ricky's yeah. bike blew up in 98, but John had passed him and left him behind at that point. Yep. So, you know, yep. that, that's where I'm going with that, uh, that one. But uh, it's fun to look at, too. And JoJo had good results, too. You look back at all the New yep. England guys, JoJo had some good results.
3: Yeah, he did, and it's funny because I was going to tell you we have to, we've got to bring up the honorary mention for JoJo because there's no doubt he's the clear number three. And and really, if if we were doing this in like say '92 or '95, I think we'd probably say that JoJo was the king of king of the wick for local New England legends. You know, eight eight races, two podiums, two moto wins, two or no five moto podiums. I mean, he from you know guy i mean he he dominated in the early days of of southwick there
2: uh at clinton at three laps down i should say on social media clinton fowler on the fly race and moto 60 show presented by pro taper fmf vision get and maxis so tomac roxon Ferrandis, we're all lining up for this weekend for the 450 class and we this is going to be a battle royale this is going to be a great race
3: yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, you know, I'm gonna throw one other name into the mix only because I was as I was listening to the early part of this. Yep. I looked up Moosekin's having a rough year, right? Yes. Like you've you've commented up. He's won the last two Celtics. He won
2: last year Oh two- yeah, we didn't go there last year, so he went on the year before. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So he won eighteen and nineteen. So I'm super intrigued to see how he does. Obviously he hasn't been in that lead pack, but um, if there's ever a moment for that to turn around this yeah. year, that that could be an interesting one. But but beside Muskin, I mean, Andes, um, I got made fun of by a good friend of mine here that when I chose him as a sleeper pick at the beginning of the year. But he's raced at Southwick now three times. He's got one win. He's never been off the podium. He's had, I, I, correction, he had one moto where he got a fourth place. Okay. Um so other than that, he's not been off the podium. Um, obviously, it's not in the big boy class, not in the premier class, but he's he's done really well there. Um, so I think, I don't know, given given what he's on right now, how well he's done, I mean, you got to consider him the favorite, right?
2: I mean, I do. Muskan is a great pick by you. He straight up beat Eli Tomac there a couple years ago, um, which is gnarly because Eli's got a lot of wins and stuff there. Um so that that's an awesome pull by you to mention Marvin. I don't see it the way he's been riding. I don't see that jump happening, but it's it's nice to know and keep in mind for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, the obvious one is Tomac, right? 8 8 races, 3 wins, 6 podiums, 12 moto wins. I mean, 12 moto wins and, and 16 motos is a pretty dominating stat. I mean, Carmichael's really the only one that's kind of on that par with 16 moto wins and 22 motos at Southwick. So, I don't know. Tomac obviously loves the play. It brings out his beast mode. But, uh, man, Ferrandis is just on it right now. You know, Roxon hasn't won at Southwick yet. That is crazy. You told me that. I can't believe that. Like, what? Yeah. He doesn't have an overall weight. Dude, one he won Lomo. Win. He won Lomo. I don't get it. That's so weird. Yeah, I don't, like, I was looking back through it, and even in 2016 when he just, what did he win, like, 20 or 24 motos in 2016? Yeah. Uh, two of those motos he didn't win were <laughs> Dude, Southwick.
2: Southwick. In
3: That's incredible. Yeah, so- so interesting to think about, you know, Ferandez and Roxin, and just yeah, as they're as they're going head to head right now in the championship. Like does Roxin show up and and get his his first overall win there? or Does Ferandez keep the train going?
2: I can't believe he never won a moto there. I'm shocked. I'm I'm shocked. Two fifty days or anything, you know. Uh, but yeah, stats don't lie. That's why we love stats, Clinton.
3: That's it. Right. One more of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um. Also, too, I I throwing this on you right now, but. I mean, Carmichael, his record at Southwick. Do you have it in front of you? I mean, good God. Like, that guy was amazing. I remember Chad beat him once because did did Carmichael fall or did his bike break? I don't remember. But Chad won a moto, and it was like the world stopped because Ricky lost the moto at Southwick.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's. I do have the numbers in front of me. Overall, he's he's won 10 of 11. Wow. (laughs) like. His average finish in overalls is one point seven at Saltwick,
2: <laughs> and the one he lost was the one that Dowdy beat him, and his bike blew up. But yep. again, Dowdy was ahead of him. So,
3: yeah. And then motos, is has got sixteen moto wins, twenty moto podiums in twenty two motos.
2: Damn, dude, yeah. <laughs> So, insane, right. And again, so you look at Southwick is, I mean, Ricky's got those stats, I think, at a lot of tracks, but I mean, not that many, right? I mean, not, not like Southwick.
3: Yeah, no, Southwick is, there's, there's a couple on par to Southwick, but Southwick is in the bucket of his like tier one, you know, just completely decimating the competition. Um, yeah. I think it's all the, the second on the list all time wins at, um, uh Southwick uh, is Stanton.
2: Yeah? Jeff was Jeff was yeah. second? Okay.
3: Yeah, I think I heard something earlier on the, on the show here Stanton's name came up. Um yeah, and he's got four wins, but it's kind of crazy to think Carmichael's got 10 wins at Southwick and the next most is Stanton with four.
2: Yeah, that, so and then Doug's got 3.
3: Doug's got or uh Doug Dowd has 2 and and Henry's got 3.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So so Stanton even beats the New England guys for career wins at Southwick.
3: Yeah, and if you think about it, I mean Stanton from a work ethic and I think he could fit in pretty well in New England.
2: Yeah, I know really, right? Well, oh, hey, and Stanton put in, you know, that um uh, Vimmerby uh MXDN at at uh at uh, I think that was Holland uh, in 90. Uh the one where he booted Dirk Gerkins to win for USA. Like that was a full soundtrack and dude, he was gutting it out. So, you know, he it's weird I mean, Michigan guys got Baja Acres. They got some sand tracks, but it's weird for a Michigan guy to be that good. I mean, Stanton was a champion anyways, but it's, it is odd to, for Stanton to be that good at Southwick.
3: Yeah, you expect guys coming up from Florida, right? You yep. expect the Carmichael, those guys to do really well, but not necessarily natural for the Michigan guys to to do there.
2: No, Ferry was good at Southwick. I always knew we'd end up on the box you know, when I went there with him. He was he was always a really good sand guy. So I'm like, okay, well, Carmichael will beat us, but then maybe we can get second. That was sort of the thinking. <laughs> um, let's get to some phone calls here. Uh first up it is uh Michael, what's up? You got a way too early supercross prediction for Fernandes?
5: I do. I got I got a few hot takes. That's one of them, but Okay. I I want to start off by saying that for Pulp Fantasy, there's no better weekend than Southwick. It is by far the funnest week to play fantasy.
2: Yeah, so. it's it's pretty good. I mean, hey Clinton, you gotta pick canning this weekend, right?
3: already did. I already did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Chris Canning, there's going to be a few locals. Uh I don't know, Clinton, if you have them in, uh, if you know anybody else besides Canning, but there's always those guys, right? Uh the, that get in the mix for fantasy.
3: Yeah, I was taking a look, but I haven't dove in entirely yet into the registrants and yeah. into the entries for- yet. Yeah.
2: yeah, but Michael, you're right. This is a good race for fantasy, but but you can also, you know, the first practice is smooth, right? So the guys are fast. Uh, the unseated guys, so you can get fooled a little bit too. You got to be careful.
5: You got you got to look at the past results for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know anybody else besides Canning? Do you have your eye on Michael?
5: No, no. We got to we got to see what shakes. You never know who's going to show up either.
2: Yeah, uh, exactly. I've heard a guy That's named a James one. Harrington uh, could be close to Canning. He can keep Canning honest, I guess. Apparently, local stuff. So there's a Very there's cool. a hot tip for that.
5: Anything else? I'll make a note. Okay. So so for Dylan, as good as he's doing right now in outdoors, I think he finishes somewhere around where Cooper Webb's finishing in the outdoors and Supercross next year. And we're we're victims of our our latest and greatest recency bias. But, uh, yeah. yeah. He just can't get starts and can't stay out of trouble in Supercross. He's. As good as he is outdoors, he mm-hmm. can't do what he does indoors, and that's that's just my take. Yeah. I, I hope I'm wrong. I love watching him watch. I yep. love watching him come from the back, but I just don't see him making the crossover.
2: Yeah, you know, there was a few times in Supercross this year where he did get a start, and he got shuffled back pretty quick, and and then, then he got going. So his early laps weren't weren't where they needed to be. But, I mean, I can't disagree. You know, there were times where he was so fast coming through the pack, but, man, uh, yeah, you got to get starts in Supercross, right? It's a different animal than 30-minute motos.
5: He takes a while to get going.
2: Yeah. Yep. So. All right, anyway, man. Anything here's else? The
5: Southwick. Be a good weekend.
2: Yeah, it should be right.
5: great. Eli. Eli. Eli's not out of this. He's got his three best tracks coming up. He's going to make it interesting. He's not going to win the title, I don't think, but he's going to he's going to make a run at it. Right. All right. You got Southwick, Washugo, and Hangtown. He's great at all three of those places.
2: Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Uh, next up on three, Nathan. What's up, man?
6: Hi, Steve. So, listening to the Pulp Show, and I heard. You guys talking about Blake Baggett and his situation with his team. I was curious. I saw that he may have been in some sort of legal dispute with Pro Circuit back in the day. I was curious if you guys can share anything about that that you might know and if there's any relation to a similar situation that happened with his old team.
2: I don't know anything about it. No. I don't know anything about him and Pro Circuit. No, I didn't hear anything either. So, uh, not uh, sure.
6: Yeah. Uh, it's. Yeah, I mean, we um, just—it's all online. That just shows that they were uh, at least court. There was a court issue between Blake Baggett and Pro Circuit. I want to say it was filed in 2013. Wow. Um, I mean, it's it's public documents. But I was curious, just being the common denominator being Blake Baggett, and of course not—you know—he deserves everything that he was owed. But you know, maybe he was the only one who was bold enough to actually try and go after what he thought was. Deserved, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if hey, a, Anyway, thank yeah, you. Thanks for the call, man. Thank appreciate you. It. Thank you. Yeah,
2: uh, thanks, Nathan. I need to, yeah, look into that or ask ask around a little bit uh, about that. I mean, the latest thing with Baggett, you're not going to hear much about that deal for sure. But uh, with Blake Baggett and Pro Circuit, I, yeah, I don't know if to take, take a look into that. So, um, Clinton, also going back to Southwick and locals. So we got JoJo. We got, you know, that's always the thing that I've asked these guys, right? Outside of Doug and outside of Henry, who's the best uh, Southwick rider? And we just did our rewatchables uh with Henry and Dowd for Southwick ninety eight. It just came out today. Uh subscribe if you can and listen. And both guys told us Clinton. We asked them the question, who's the fastest local outside of U2? And both at, at Wick. And both guys uh said uh, Barton. Both guys named Pat Barton.
3: Wow. That's that's a bold statement. But Barton's got some results, right? Like he is... Uh, at Southwick, he's got one top five overall and two two top ten overalls and uh, a moto podium. So um, it's reasonable. It's reasonable. Like, between him and KJ and JoJo, I mean, those three are kind of the ones that have the results. But, like, I don't know. Are they being – you know, I'd have to question, are they just – Saying who they grew up around, and Jojo was just a little bit before their time because Jojo has got yep. a couple of photo wins. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's didn't the re- old older riders debate.
2: It it seemed like Jojo DNF the one year he won one moto ride, he, he had bike problem or crashed out, like bummer. He it seemed like he was set up for the overall a couple of times.
3: Yeah, it does seem. I mean. Going going three one for second overall one year and then the other year DNF one um, and if you get JoJo on I mean he'll tell you the story or I think he might have already on it anyhow he'll tell you that that DNF was pretty devastating but it's pretty rare to to have a you know a local rider like that just show up and and be on the podium both motos and contending for a win an overall win so I don't know it's tough to tough to select you know KJ and Barton clearly are. Right there with jojo, I don't know, it's just tough to yeah, it's a great debate, and if you got I'm sure if we got jojo pat and k j together we'd get some good debates,
2: yeah, I know really, right, and then I was saying to those guys too, like it seemed like growing up, it seemed like the people I talked to that grew up around New England, they were either Dowd fans or Henry fans, and it was like. The ultimate battle, right, like like you couldn't like both of them, you had to be one or the other guy kind of guy, each guy had their own posse, each guy had their own set of fan clubs, you know what I mean and, and it seemed like you had to be one or the other
3: that that was the case for a lot of these guys, like same thing with k j and barton i I don't remember the stories entirely, but I don't think k j and Barton were friends for a long, long time, oh really, um, huh yeah. Yeah, there was years of the local NESC races where, you know, it's just like what what camp are you in? Are you in the? It was after KJ was done with his uh, his pro side and, yep. and had you know was racing NESC more. Yeah, for KJ regu-
2: he, he had um he had a uh, team Greenrod right for a little bit. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, it was you definitely had a side. You had a you were a Dowd fan or or you were a Henry fan or you were you know KJ or Barton. I mean, it was definitely choose your. Choose your camp. Yeah, competitive spirit. Five. So, Clinton coming up to
2: Southwick 2021. Who you like this weekend? Who do you think takes the takes the win in both classes?
3: Oh man, um, for sure I'm going to go with Ferrandis on the on the 450s. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, so
2: too. I agree.
3: Yeah, I think I think he's just um, uh So that one, I definitely. Um, put tops. On the 250s, man, that's a tough one. Um, if I thought j mark could hold onto the bars for both motos entirely, I'd probably go him, but that hand injury, that makes it tough when you're riding a track like Selfwick, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I I, I, don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's hard, tough to get info about him as far as he's do, how well he's doing, because it's j <laughs> <laughs> Um,
3: I don't know. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go Cooper on the Cooper's a New York guy, so he he's you know growing up had to run enough enough sand. So I'm going to go I'll go blue crew entirely. We'll go Ferrandis and Cooper and um, as the two victors.
2: Yeah, it's not it's not a bad pick. Cooper starts too. The little known fact about Southwick, uh, they took out the frog pond a few years back. Uh, that was a good passing spot. They it's not that it's not easy to pass on Southwick. You know you 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 you're, you funnel into a tor- corner. Leader takes the berm, sprays the shit out of you with sand, and takes off.
3: And the, dude, it is the worst to be behind somebody at Southwick. Oh, yeah. Like, Ricky Z said it when when uh, I was asking him about and Henry, and he said, you know, both those guys would be willing to eat a pound of sand to win a moto at Southwick. And, yeah, when you're behind somebody at Southwick, you're just – it's brutal. Yeah. Brutal.
2: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's not good. Uh, let's get to our last caller here on the show before we wrap it up. It's Cade Clayson. What's up, Cade?
1: What are you doing? I'm, I, I I almost
3: missed it.
2: Yeah, but uh, you're on, so um, I, I'm not happy with you still, uh, Clinton. Did you pick Cade for fantasy last weekend?
3: I didn't pick Cade. Yeah,
2: well, you know that's, what that's you,
1: okay. I don't blame you. I I didn't pick me either. So <laughs> I mean, that's how Steve has to know that it's my truth. Is that you know I didn't pick myself, and right. I picked myself at Colorado.
2: Right, right, but right.
1: Anyways, what's up? Uh, hey, I'm listening to the review show because I forgot this show was happening. Okay. And uh, I'm listening to you rant about Levi Kitchen and how you think that rule is stupid? Yes. Um, how do you think it's stupid that someone who is considered a, a, at the amateur races, that is considered the pro class. so why couldn't they come do a pro-class race but then go back and race those races? You know what I mean? Like, I've never kind of understood that. Like, they used to have the A class and then the open pro sport classes, but they clipped the open pro sport classes and just made it one class at the amateur events. So, like, I don't understand why they can't, uh, in reality, why guys can't. It's considered the pro class at an amateur level. Like, I don't understand why you're so upset about it. I
2: don't understand why you can't understand that it's an amateur national and you're still an amateur. I don't care what you call the class. You're an amateur. You you But you're still getting paid you, okay, to race so, a motorcycle. So Kate, can can uh, can Jeremy Martin go race uh, uh, pro pro sport at Lorettas? He
1: could if it was the Pro Sport class. So he, But it's not the Pro Sport class, okay. Anymore.
2: So I mean okay, so whatever whatever it's called now. Can can J Mart just go down and race it?
1: Well no, not anymore, oh, no. Oh,
2: oh okay. So so you can't go race it if you're a pro, but but yet it's it's fine for the amateurs to go race a pro class in that class.
1: I just—that's what I'm saying. Like, it used to be they used to have four pro classes at the amateur events. They had 250 and 450 Pro Sport and 250 and 450A, so that guys like pros could come and still race at those events, probably trying to boost entries. Okay. But I just don't understand why you're so upset that a guy who because races motorcycles ain't really doing it.
2: You want to be a pro? Go race pro. Hey, guess who contacted me this week, Cade? the dude the dude and i don't know if this is true i can't back this up but the dude who got who was 81st entry for redbud and they told me couldn't race he had to take off time off work and everything else he was all good to go and they said nope sorry you're bumped because levi kitchens there
1: well the difference is, is that dude tried to race all of them and not made any of them
2: i don't know I don't know I mean, but it's, it's just the ultimate it's, it's the ultimate Everybody wins a trophy thing It's the ultimate like oh ah. hey amateur kid Go race pro it's okay If you're not good enough or whatever You can go back down and race Loretta's And then there's some guy that races Loretta's That's like man I'm, uh, I'm strapped for cash I can barely do this on my own And now I gotta go race a factory guy that raced Redbud Last weekend Like you're making it harder for the dudes that aren't Levi Kitchen these amateurs. Levi Kitchen gained a yeah, lot of experience like and a lot of pros.
1: All they're trying to do is groom some of the top kids to be more prepared when they come in.
2: Yeah, well, I'll g- that's all they're trying to do. Okay, great. Groom them. Groom them on their own races. Don't groom them on a pro national. I uh, It's ridiculous, Kate. That's all right. You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. <laughs> I just
1: wanted to chime in. All right,
2: your mom's your mom's ridiculous. We got to go. All right. Later. All right. All right, Clinton. <laughs>
3: Yes. What do you, what do you think of the new uh like NCAA allowing players to get sponsorship because they're kind of in the same bucket, right?
2: I see that. Yeah, that's fine, but that's that's not really in the same bucket to me because the amateur motocrossers can make money now, right? Um like mm-hmm. as an amateur you're making a lot of money. Like Levi Kitchen and these guys at that level are are pulling in six figures, right?
3: <clears throat> so Yeah. So NCAA th- is just
2: yeah, the NCAA rule is absolutely fantastic. Those guys have been Nazis about you know these kids and making money off these kids, and you know some of these dudes don't have money to eat eat dinner, right? So I'm all in favor of that rule, but I don't know if it applies to Moto. Just because Moto kids are making those top amateurs are making a ton of money, anyways. So, yeah, uh, well, hey, thanks for coming on, Clinton. I appreciate it. Keep up the fight for the stats. Uh, keep it up, and and follow. Everyone should follow Clinton on social media. At three laps down, the number three laps down on Twitter and Instagram, and learn some f- cool facts. So, thanks, awesome! Steve. It's thanks, thanks, buddy. Talk to you. See you. That's Clinton Fowler, everybody. Fly Racing Moto sixty show. Cade made us run late, tits. So you just want to blame somebody? I'll bill him. Bill him yes. for, for running late. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. Next week is Millville. Thursday, 11 a.m. Pacific, we will be there with this show, talking Millville. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Clinton Fowler and JT and you jerkies. See you next week.